Hi, I'm Rudy Rucker, and I'm reading some stories from my book, The Life Box, The Seashell, and The Soul. This is a, a nonfiction book about the meaning of computation, and it has six chapters, and I've introduced each chapter with a little short story, a little science fiction story. The story I'm going to read you now introduces a chapter about viewing biology as a type of computation. And this story is called Ain't Paint. Although Shirley Nguyen spoke good English and studied with a crowd of boys in the chemical engineering program at UC Berkeley, she had no success in getting dates. Not that she was ugly, but she hadn't been able to shed the old country habits of covering her mouth when she smiled and of sticking out her tongue when she was embarrassed. She knew how uncool these moves were, and she tried to fight them, but without any lasting success. The problem was maybe that she spent so much more time thinking about engineering than she did in thinking about her appearance. In short, to Westerners and assimilated Asians, Shirley came across as a geek, so much so that she ended up spending every weekend night studying in her parents' apartment on Shattuck Avenue while the rest of her family worked downstairs in the faux noodle parlor they ran. Of course, Shirley's mother, Bin, had some ideas about lining up matches for her daughter. Sometimes she'd even step out into the street, holding a big serving chopstick like a magic wand, and calling for Shirley to come downstairs to meet someone. But Shirley wasn't interested in the recently immigrated Vietnamese men who Bin always seemed to have in mind. Yes, those guys might be raw enough to find Shirley sophisticated, but for sure they had no clue about women's rights. Shirley wasn't struggling through the hardest major at Berkeley just to be a sexist's slave. Graduation rolled around, and Shirley considered job offers from local oil and pharma refineries. On the Get Acquainted plant tours, she was disturbed to note that several of the senior chemical engineers had body parts missing. A hand here, an ear there, a limp that betokened a wooden leg. Shirley hadn't quite realized how dangerous it was to work in the bowels of an immense industrial plant, like being a beetle in the middle of a car's engine. The thought of being maimed before she'd ever really known a man filled her with self-pity and rebelliousness. Seeking a less intense job at a smaller, safer company, she came across Flaumbaum Custom Colors of Fremont. PKK manufactured small lots of fancy paints for customized vehicles. The owner was fat and bearded like the motorcyclists and hot rodders who made up the larger part of his clientele. Shirley found Stuart Flaumbaum's appearance pleasantly comical, even though his personality was more edgy than jovial. I want pattern paint, Flaumbaum told Shirley at their interview. He had a discordant voice, but his eyes were clear and wandering. Can you do it? Shirley covered her mouth and giggled with excitement, stopped herself, uncovered her mouth, and now, embarrassed, stuck her tongue all the way down to her chin, stopped herself again, and slapped herself on the cheek. I'd like to try, she got out finally. It's not impossible. I know activator inhibitor processes that make dots and stripes and swirls. The belusov jabotinsky reaction? People can mix two cans and watch the patterns self-organize in the liquid layer they paint on. When it dries, the pattern stays. Jabotinsky, mused Flaumbaum. Did he patent it? I don't think so, said Shirley. He's Russian. The recipe's simple. Let's surf for it right now. 
You can see some pictures to get an idea. Here, I'll type it in. She leaned across the bulky flambaum to use his mouse and keyboard. The big man smelled better than Shirley had expected. Chocolate, coffee, marijuana, a hint of red wine. Familiar smells from the streets of Berkeley. You're good, said Flambaum, as the pictures appeared. Red and blue spirals. You see, said Shirley, the trick is to get a robust process based on inexpensive compounds. There's all sorts of ways to tune the spiraled size. You can have little double scrolls nested together, or great big ones like whirlpools, or even a filigree. Bitchin', rumbled Flambaum. You're hired. He glanced up at Shirley, whose hand was at her mouth, covering a smile at her success. By the month, added the heavy man. Shirley was given an unused corner of the paint factory for her own lab, with a small budget for equipment. The Spanish-speaking plant workers were friendly enough, but mostly the female engineer was on her own. Every afternoon, Stuart Flaumbaum would stump over, belly big beneath his tight black t-shirt, and ask to see her latest results. Shirley seemed to intrigue Flaumbaum as much as he did her, and soon he took to taking her out for coffee, then for dinner, and before long she'd started spending nights at his nice house on the hills overlooking Fremont. Although Shirley assured her mother that her boss was a bachelor, his house bore signs of a former wife, divorced, separated, deceased. Although Stuart wouldn't talk about the absent woman, Shirley did manage to find out her name, Angelica. She, too, had been Asian, a good omen for Shirley's prospects. Not that she was in a rush to settle down, but it would be kind of nice to have the nagging marriage problem resolved once and for all, like solving a difficult process schema. As for the work on patterned paint, the first set of compounds reactive enough to form big patterns also tended to etch into the material being painted. The next family of recipes did no harm, but they were too expensive to put into production. And then Shirley thought of biological byproducts. After an intense month of experimenting, she'd learned that bovine pancreatic juices mixed with wood pulp alkali and a bit of hog melanin were just the thing to catalyze a color-creating activator inhibitor process in a certain enamel base. Stewart decided to call the product Ain't Paint. In four months, they'd shipped 2,000 cases of PKK Ain't Paint in seven different color and pattern mixes. Every biker and lowrider in the South Bay wanted Ain't Paint, and a few brave souls were putting it on regular cars. Stewart hired a patent attorney. Not wanting her discoveries to end, Shirley began working with a more viscous paint, almost a gel. In the enhanced thickness of this stuff, her reactions polymerized, wrinkled up, and formed amazing embossed patterns, thorns, and elephant trunks, and, if you tweaked it just right, puckers that looked like alien Yoda faces. Ain't Paint 3D sold even better than Ain't Paint Classic. They made the national news, and Flaumbaum custom colors couldn't keep up with the orders. Stewart quickly swung a deal with a Taiwanese novelty company called Global Bong. He got good money, but as soon as the ink on the contract was dry, Global Bong wanted to close the Fremont plant and relocate Shirley to China, which was the last place on earth she wanted to be. So Shirley quit her job and continued her researches in Stewart's basement, which turned out not to be all that good a move. With no job to go to, Flaumbaum was really hitting the drugs and alcohol, 
and from time to time he was rather sexist and abusive. Shirley put up with it for now, but she was getting uneasy. Stuart never talked about marriage anymore. One day, when he was in one of his states, Stuart painted his living room walls with layer upon layer of Shirley's latest invention, Ain't Paint 3D Interactive, which had a new additive to keep the stuff from drying at all. It made ever-changing patterns all day long, drawing energy from sunlight. Stuart stuck his TV satellite dish cable right into the thick, crawling goo and began claiming that he could see all the shows at once in the paint, not that Shirley could see them herself. Even so, her opinion of Stuart drifted up a notch when she began getting cute, flirty, instant messages on her cell phone while she was working in the basement. Even though Stuart wouldn't admit sending them to her, who else could they be from? And then, two big issues came to a head. The first issue was that Shirley's mother wanted to meet Stuart right now. Somehow Shirley hadn't told her mother yet that her boyfriend was 20 years older than her and not Asian. Ben wouldn't take no for an answer. She was coming down the next day. Cousin Vin was going to drive her. Shirley was worried that Ben would make her leave Stuart and even more worried that Ben would be right. How was she ever going to balance the marriage equation? The second issue was that, after supper, Stuart announced that Angelica was going to show up the day after tomorrow and that maybe Shirley should leave for a while. Stuart had been married all along. He and Angelica had fought a lot, and she'd been off visiting relatives in Shanghai for the last eight months, but she'd gotten wind of Stuart's big score, and now she was coming home. Stuart passed out on the couch early that evening, but Shirley stayed up all night working on her paint formulas. She realized now that the instant messages had been coming from the ain't paint itself. It was talking to her, asking to become all that it could be. Shirley worked till dawn like a mad Dr. Frankenstein, not letting herself think too deeply about what she planned. Just before dawn, she added the final tweaks to a wad of ain't paint bulging out above the couch. Sleeping Stuart had this calming to him. Outside the house, a car honked. It was Ben and Vin, with the sun rising behind them. Skinny old Vin was hoping to get back to Oakland in time not to be late for his maintenance job at the stadium. As Shirley greeted them in the driveway, covering her smile with her hand, her cell phone popped up another message. Stuart gone. Love you. Kando. Inside the house, they found a new man sitting on the couch, a cute Vietnamese fellow with sweet features and kind eyes, one of his arms rested against the wall, still merged into the crawling paint. He was wearing Stuart's silk robe. Shirley stuck her tongue out so far it touched her chin. The new man didn't mind. She pointed her little finger toward a drop of blood near his foot. His big toe spread like putty just long enough to soak the spot up. And then the new man pulled his arm free from the wall and took Shirley's hand. I'm Kondo, he told Shirley's mother. We're engaged to be married, and we're moving to Berkeley today. <laughs>